I have one of the best jobs. I get to work with leaders and teams, making a meaningful difference in the lives of our patients and creating that competitive advantage. And that's what I get up thinking about every single day. And as I was reflecting, I was thinking, I've been drawn to opportunities and roles in companies that are always shaping and growing and changing. So I started working way back when, QVC, we were a startup organization. Then I went on to DuPont Pharmaceuticals, small, um, small pharmaceutical, relatively speaking to what I'm working at today. And we were doing merger acquisition work. And then came um, some transformational kind of operating model work at GE Capital when I was supporting two of the businesses there. BMS has been no different. We haven't been shy to change. I've planted some roots. I've been at BMS for 16 years now. And it's because we continue changing. We used to sell um, Clairol hair products and uh, gosh, Excedrin. So when I first started, it was a really diversified organization. But today, we're a specialized biopharmaceutical company. We're in four therapy areas, so we're very focused. It's on discovering, developing, and delivering transformative medicines for our patients in the hopes that they can prevail. So when I was reflecting on, actually, it was rehearsing uh, last Sunday for for this um, session, really thinking about it, I found myself in an unfortunate circumstance where I was rushing my 12-year-old daughter, Samantha, to the emergency room. And for the, those of you who have had a circumstance like that, it's, uh, the adrenaline starts, starts, uh, starts running. She's fine. I'm happy to say, for those of you, it was a gory situation. I'm break. I can certainly tell you about that. But what I found is, I know you can all imagine being in a hospital room, in an emergency room, and um, just picture, you know, there's the bed in the center, you got the equipment on the outsides, the white sterile walls, and it's really, really chilly in these rooms. We're all cold and, you know, and there's, you know, the thing you don't want to think about is what's going on in the moment. So Samantha's laying on her belly, daddy, best friend Lily and I are huddled around her, and we're focusing, and we're focusing on the TV. And on the TV came a commercial. And it was for Etch-a-Sketch. And my daughter says to me, Mommy, the Etch-a-Sketch was the iPad of my childhood. And we're all laughing. And I had this this fleeting um, thought of getting ready for work. And, oh, gosh, I made a mistake. Delete, delete. No, 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 no. you got to shake, 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 you know, and get your Etch-a-Sketch. But it made me think about what do companies do to stay um, ahead, to reimagine, and to innovate. I mean, who would have thought that we could take one of our devices, call up a car, an Uber to dinner. Or probably one of you did this this morning, online shopping. I found a couple of weekends ago, I put an order in on Amazon or Amazon Prime. That afternoon, my doorbell rings, and I couldn't believe it. The package was there the exact same day. And you know, I, I wonder what Amazon's going to be doing with the, the pharmacy online. I'm actually really excited about that. But with that, what do companies do? They're curious. They're always thinking about their customer. They want to delight their customer. And they're always thinking about what will it take to make a difference in the customer's eyes. So today I'm going to share with you what we're doing at BMS and how we're shaping the future. We're going to talk about um, one of our groups in R&D. It's cardiovascular, fibrosis, immunoscience, development group. 
It's a long, ugly name. I call it CFI, sometimes CFI, sometimes CFI. So if I say that, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. But we are on a journey to um, accelerating innovation and really making a difference for our patients. Now, I don't know if this journey, and I, I use the word journey very intentionally because we're in the middle of it. And as you'll hear the story unfold, we are truly in the middle of this journey. So I don't know if it's going to be 25% in drug development reduction in cycle time, 45% or 10%. But what I do know is we are seeing indications that it's absolutely working. We have built a new ecosystem using Terry's, um, Terry's words, and it is driving value. It's driving um, new innovations um, in our development paradigm, and it's absolutely bringing speed to our patients. So today, we're going to talk about how we're building an organization that removes barriers to innovation, achieves radical change, and is rethinking how we bring medicines to patients. So I'm going to share with you what we did. I'm going to kind of pepper in some learnings along the way. And so let's get going. So it's great being in an audience of life science professionals because you know the changing dynamic marketplace. So, you know, starting with the patients, patient demographics have absolutely changed. It's about the right medicine at the right time for the right patient. In the speed of science... It's unprecedented. I mean, I have never seen how fast the science is moving. But the question comes, are we moving fast enough to support it? Efficacy, treatment paradigms, changing. It's all about identifying the biomarker, the companion diagnostic. Again, right patient, a right medicine for right patient. And no matter where you are, Global market access, right? The, the, the barriers, the constraints we feel around the globe. It could be policy, it could be pricing, it could be regulatory hurdles, healthcare, interact, healthcare um, interactions, and then, of course, competition. Now, internally at BMS, our strategy is founded on being, uh, we have a diversified portfolio strategy, and we have a set of best-in-class CFI assets that we need to innovate because our uh, innovate and get to our patients. Um, it is uh, it is upon us to really think through how we do this because our patient is our north star and our patients are absolutely waiting for us. So our approach is three prong: strategy, structure, culture. We needed to revolutionize the traditional R&D operating model. We had a unconstrained thinking, think about it from a different perspective. The structure I'm gonna share with you, we literally broke the system. It wasn't easy to do, but we broke it, and it's something that hasn't been done in a mid-size to large-size pharma to the best of our knowledge. And the culture. Culture has been the lion's share of the work, and we're working on that every day um, since the inception of this to ensure we're enabling what we have set out to do. So what did we do? So started first looking at the end-to-end value chain. It just was an R&D exercise. We looked at R&D through manufacturing to commercialization through the patient experience. 
we had to ask questions. Um, you know, are we focusing on our greatest priorities? Sometimes it's interesting what you find out. Are you simplifying to really drive speed for that patient in mind? And are you integrating across your value chain to drive innovation versus working in your silos? We needed a brand new blueprint. It's my attempt of a blueprint up there. <laughs> so our CFE strategy started off just looking at our portfolio and our strategy. And similar to what Terry um, had said, that we couldn't accept the you know, billion-dollar drug development costs that are out there, 10 years uh, to get to launch, it was absolutely unacceptable. And as I said, with our patient as our North Star, we needed to do something different. And you know, we admire many of you who work in small biotechs with your agility to be able to move on a dime. But the question for us was, could we do that as a mid-sized pharma company? Could we, in fact, change our ways and our behaviors? But we needed to find out. So last July, so it's been July of 2016, a small group of leaders got together. We sequestered ourselves in a conference room to start exploring what would it take to be able to do this. At first, I can be quite honest, it was a bit disappointing. It was pretty traditional. It was all the reasons why we couldn't do something, all the barriers and constraints, um, you know, or sometimes it was very inwardly focused. Well, we, we can do that capability well, but no partner could do that well for us. Um, There's a lot of focus on kind of the powers and the functions and just closed-minded thinking. And it took a, and this is one of the learnings, a real courageous person who was a disruptor, who was um, an agitator, who just said, you know, we have Joe the patient. Let's picture what it's going to take to be able to do this differently. It is, we need to solve for Joe, and we need to do it to solve for the company. And this opened up the thinking, the unconstrainedness of saying, let's just whiteboard out what it would take and, and not be worried of how to get there, but what, what it, would it take? So that was July. In October, we announced to the company our vision and our strategy and our plans for how we would get there. So with structure, let me tell you a little bit about how we've been structured. It's probably similar to, to many of, of you. Um, you have skills, capabilities, resources you need. You go into your functions who deliver those resources to, to the work that you're doing. Uh, the, um, even with the best attempts of having um, aligned priorities across a company, across an R&D unit, when you get into the functions, you will see different priorities, resourcing, investment choices being made. So um, the other piece was we worked with lots of suppliers, um, lots of vendors, and to get our, our work done. Now, we knew from our July session that if we were going to be successful, we needed one team, one shared goal that people were accountable for through and through, and we wouldn't be able to deviate from that. So we knew we needed a, a lean, smart structure that we would put in place. So it had two components. First was the internal team. Our internal team was only focused on 
CFI strategy. We had 75% less resources on this than we previously um, had put into place. It is a flat organization. It's three layers deep. All of the essential organizational pieces report into one CFI head. Then we have, we selected one CRO partner. And I use one and partner, and it's really um, important that we needed to um, identify a partner who could not only deliver what we'd expect them to, the clinical trial operations, but we wanted a partner who could use their vast um, experience in drug development out in the industry to be our strategic partner at the table. So in addition to the capabilities we know them for, we were going to ask them to do more. And so our internal team and our one partner becomes the CFI team. Now, this was important from we were breaking down the supplier-provider mentality, the supplier-customer mentality, and shifting it to a partner at the table. We also needed to really trust that our partner, who had the shared, same shared goals we have, we're going to win together or lose together, had the shared um, goals that we would trust that they would get the work done and, um, and not uh, be worried that they would do it differently, not how we would do it, that they would get the work done. A key learning for us has been behavior change is always absolutely critical. We reduced, actually, we eliminated any other resource across all of the company um, or R&D that supported CFI. So, because so, we believed if behavior was going to change, you absolutely couldn't fall back on, you know, this time we're not, we're not confident we can get this work done. Let's flip it to the global clinical operations group or the regulatory group. The resources were gone. You had the small lean internal team and you had the one partner, and that's what changed the behavior because we had to solve together. So the best vision, the best strategy on... We all know culture makes or breaks it. The culture is what's absolutely going to make the difference. And we knew for us to be um, truly make this a competitive situation, we had to focus there, and that's exactly what we did. And I'll share with you three areas we focused on. So first is with the people. You have to have the right talent. We looked for entrepreneurial drug developers who had a passion for um, the patient. And, and when I say this, this is for both our internal team and our CEO and our partners. We selected our team, our whole workforce, based on several, um, I would call them cultural attributes as well as leadership capabilities. Cultural attributes like passion, speed, accountability, innovation. Our leadership um, capabilities were things like curiosity, change agility, and enterprise mindset. We also had to create the right environment. And so we absolutely put this new team into a new ecosystem, an open space environment <laughs> enabled by technology because the nature of CRO, CRO partners is that they're working remote. And we put them um, enabled by technology in an open environment. 
This has absolutely increased our ability to collaborate, to shape strategies together. The team is always together. New data comes in, and they need to be um, um, reacting to the data, solving for it, so you get your speed in place. And then came giving people the right um, tools, operating procedures. We knew that that was going to be critically important, so we also looked at performance management. No more were we going to look in the rearview mirror saying, well, this is what performance was, and what could we have done differently. We're always looking real-time forward of what's our shared goal, how are we going to get there. Yes, we, we did eliminate our ratings. Um, that's a whole other story, but we have gone to... Um, more about coaching and growth mindset. And we knew we had to get efficiencies in our operating procedures. And so, um, not procedures, but our operating ways, how work flows in the organization. And so things um, like in the past, work would happen in the functions. We're now doing end-to-end life cycle of a product. And that's how we address um, everything. Uh, efficiencies in decision-making with things like how do decisions get made, what are the interactions um, with uh, a governance. So we had, so July, the vision's in place. October, we're announcing to the organization. November, we're putting our talent in place. January, the CRO's in place. Now it's the moment of truth. It's April, just this past April of 2017. Everything isn't working exactly as um, we would want, and we decided to um, get together with our our full workforce and and talk about that. And what do we know about change? Um, It's based, you know, change is hard. It's based on human behavior. Human behavior gets formed after years and years of experience. So we get together with our partner, and this is what we learned. We had reverted back to our old ways of working. And guess what? We didn't even recognize it, didn't even know that it was happening. A courageous partner was able to hold up the mirror for us and let us know that. And guess what? We couldn't rely on anyone else in the organization. We needed to change immediately. We also wanted that partner at the table, as I told you, to be a strategic voice and to be able to weigh in. And they were kind of silent, except on their, their expertise area. And what we learned is... The change of behavior going, their supplier, customer, customer's always right, and we're asking for a dynamic tension now into the conversation. This was a new behavior for them. This was an absolutely critical moment, and the learning has been to make sure that you have those moments early and quickly, and you listen, and you're able to make your changes. So my advice has been, you know, don't be afraid of the dark. You have to be curious. You have to have your patient in mind. You need to be thinking about what will it take to be able to delight the um, patient and the outcomes. And if you're going to fail, fail fast because science doesn't always work. And you need to be able to, you know, put invest your resources quickly into different places and have a courageous partner who raises the issue and you're listening and you're moving fast. We all know culture eats strategy for breakfast, but so often companies spend a lot of time on the strategy, on the vision, um, and they don't spend nearly enough time on, which I would say is a good 80% of the time, on putting the right culture in place. And always think about your customer. In our case, is the patient, because you can solve for the right strategy, the right structure and culture if you know where you're focused on. 
So CFE for us is, it, it, it's, it's still unfolding. It's, it's actually a year this week we sat, this week that we sat in the conference room together imagining what it would be. We are seeing, we're about 65% of the way there. By year end, we'll be 100% up in operating. This was very much about um, flying the plane and building the plane at the exact same time. There was no unveiling of an operating model. We needed to be able to deliver the business while we were changing behaviors. So, but we're having huge lead indicators um, that we are making, shaving weeks and months off of the work we're doing because we've cleared the white space and the behavior is absolutely changing.